Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the lovely Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com, accountants extraordinaire. Um, hi, how are you? This week, I have got a very exciting guest. You may or may not know him, depending on how you found this podcast. Um, he's a very, very successful DJ called Funk Case. And he works, well, he's on the agency that I work for. And we had a little chat. And I was like, come on my podcast. Because, well, as you'll hear, this is now two podcasts. Because we just talked for two hours. And I really enjoyed our chat. He's very knowledgeable about lots of things that I know nothing about. So <laughs> I always like to learn. But yeah, we chatted about his music, his gaming, and a few interesting things about how technology works. <laughs> because I know nothing. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And part two will be next week. It's just, I really like chatting and we had such a good old chinwag and I'm actually, as I've recalled this now, I'm doing a podcast with his better half tomorrow about her business. So I'm excited about that um, and I'll see if she talks as much as him. <laughs> but yeah, enjoy. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Work. Work. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, it's like a proper setup. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It? Yeah, I can. I can put the. I can put Jamaica in the background if it makes you happy. Like, I'm on holiday. Ooh. I'm on holiday. <laughs> they do all these effects on you, don't they? So it might work. I think they do. What on? They do stuff on Zoom, don't they? You can have like a background on Zoom. Yeah, I could say I could change my background. I could be in a mansion. I'm doing really well. It's fun cases you can tell by my 85 <laughs> bedroom house, 64 bathrooms. <laughs> Would you get an 85 bedroom house? No, nah, you know what's crazy? I've been watching videos on YouTube uh, of all these rich people's houses because there's, there's these people who do like, they're not estate agents, but they're people that take you around houses on YouTube, really expensive okay. houses. And I've been watching it with Emma and I've been like, I don't know if I'd like to live there because it just, I feel like it would be horrible to clean. Even, you know, even at that money, like you're going to get loads of maids and stuff. You're going to have people around your house constantly. You'd lose the cats, you know, like all yep. sorts of stuff. So, yeah. That's because my eldest daughter, she always says, oh, when when we get a mansion, I was like, I don't want a mansion. I would spend my whole time cleaning the fucking yeah. thing. And I mean, I know obviously if you had a mansion, you'd have a cleaner. Yeah. But even so, it's just like the idea of having surplus bedrooms that you don't need that are just going to sit empty yeah. all day with all that's going, the problems that are going on in the world. Yeah. I just, I don't think I could, I couldn't live like that. I'd feel too guilty. I don't know. I would, I, I don't, I think it's, it's probably relative to the person. But uh, I think that, like, living in somewhere like that, it's like if you've worked really hard for it, then you've rewarded yourself. If you were gifted it, if it was an inheritance, if, they, if you went, here's 50 million, and you went, fuck yeah, here's a 49 million house I'm going to live in. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Just yeah. get, get, earn more money with that money. I always feel like yeah. I wouldn't feel guilty if I did things that benefited other people with that money, if that makes sense. So, like... Yeah. Are we yeah. recording, by yeah, the way? Yeah. Are we recording now? Are we Are we in the podcast Yeah, I'm yet? recording. Well, I mean, we can be. Are you what? recording? I mean, no, you need to do a proper intro, don't you, or anything like that? So... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm very professional. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just looked at my recording, and it's it, for some reason it stopped. I don't know why, so I just re, I'll restart it. Oh, that's okay. It's For some reason it's freaking out. I don't know what it is. I know. It seems to be okay. I've just checked that it worked. It's like stuttering so... for some reason. I don't know why. So yeah, did you want to do your? Do you need to do an intro? Or I'm anything? going to do an intro. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so today, I'm joined by the wonderful Funk Case. Good day. <laughs> and I do laugh every time I say that name, or when I see the name, I laugh. So I've, I've got to start off. Where did it come from? Well, first, it's not but, your surname. But, uh, yeah, my mum. No, the first. So the start, okay, before before I mention that, did you get the joke when you first said the name, like straight away? Or did it take yes, a while for it to kick it? You did get it. No, okay. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing that I'm I always... Babbledon. Yeah, okay. That makes sense then. <laughs> but like apples and pears and all that. Murray Mint. Um, but like, um, yeah, I would. I always think that like, it's probably about 50-50 split. People who get the joke instantly or they go, what was that a case of funds? I don't know what it is. And then three years down the line, they either click or some, they mention it. Someone else mentions yeah. it and they're like, oh, Oh my god! I can't believe it. I get this all the time. People are like, like sending me messages like, "Yo, I'm having an argument at a party. We're all drunk, but we need you to we need you to settle this score right now." Like, is your name Compass? And I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is." Um, so the the origin of that of that is that before I was doing Funk Case, uh, I was a drum and bass producer called DJ Dose, and back in 2009 when I started the project, sort of early 2009. 
Um, dubstep was kind of edging in as a genre, but wasn't yeah. that popular. So, like, in the drum and bass world, it was frowned upon to go to dubstep, basically. So anyone who went to dubstep was known as a bandwagoner because dubstep was, wasn't, it wasn't a bandwagon, but it was like if you left the DMB scene for dubstep, you were a bandwagoner. It's kind of a weird situation. Yeah. I think looking back now, a lot of the guys who thought that would probably think they're an idiot. They probably think, oh, why did I think like that? But, you know, we're all, we're all young. Yeah. But that being said, uh, I started, um, I didn't like dubstep when I first made it. And uh, my friend who had a dubstep radio show asked me to make him some dub plays for his radio show just for fun. Because I just write, yeah. I just like writing stuff for fun. So I started writing these tracks for him. I was like, eh, whatever, I'll just bang a few out. And he said they were popping off in, in, the radio, in the radio show. And I was like, right. And then uh, I made a couple more and I sent them to Chrissy Chris because I knew Chrissy Chris through, through him playing my music on, on Radio 1. Yep. So he's the one, the moment that really clicked, right? It was, it was popping off and I had a couple of dubstep uh, releases and I still was a bit iffy about dubstep. But at this point, I was still broke. And I was trying yeah. to get money. So I was like, all right, label, who wants my music? Come release it. And then the, the moment that it clicked was Chrissy Chris played um, on Primetime Radio 1. He was playing a festival with, I think, Harry Shotter as the MC or someone like that. And yeah. he was playing drum and bass and then he dropped dubstep. And he started his set with my track, So Vex, which came out on, on Circus. Yeah. And it got like three or four rewinds, literally on Primetime Radio Live. And it was, wow. I was like... And the crowd were going mental. The MC was going mental. It was getting pulled up. And it was just like this this moment where I was like, this is a thing. I can do something with this. I've been struggling yeah. for like four, five years as a drum and bass producer. So I invented Funk Case to hide I was DJ Dose because I couldn't call myself DJ Dose. I would have preferably yeah. liked to call myself DJ Dose, but thank God I didn't. Uh, so, yeah, ended up being Funk Case as a joke name. And uh, Was yeah, that the, a joke name that you used? That was... I came up, my friend who I made the dub plates for, I told yeah. him I couldn't use the, uh, DJ Dose. So we talked about names and I kind of came up with like Hick Dead, which is Dickhead, uh, yeah. Billy Sastard, <laughs> which is, as we will know, and Funt Case. And we ended up sticking with Funt Case. And I remember laughing yeah. my head off at seeing my name on a flyer for the first time back when I started. <laughs> so yeah, that's the origin of it. So yeah, it's just, I didn't like it. And it was a joke name that ended up sticking. But yeah. it's a good name, I think, because you can you can Google Funk Case it and it's just name. me, isn't it? It's not like yeah, you don't yeah. type in if you type in crafty, you know, like you're gonna get yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna get like all these arts and crafts websites and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love you, love you, Paul. You wear a mask, don't you? Again, that was that was my whole career is an accident. My life is an accident, but my whole career is an accident. <laughs> <laughs> my life, my career is an accident. So uh, my name was was started because I didn't want to be known who I was. I wore a mask because I was dead to wear it. So the mask came from my first ever show I played in my hometown, Room 2, to six people, <laughs> five being my own friends. And uh, one of my friends who was with me saw a mask in my bag. And the mask came from the night before I played my first show. I was a graffiti artist. I've been a graffiti artist okay. since I was like 14. And yeah. I was like 23 at this point. So I was like 10 years deep, but I've been booked to do graffiti at um, a university ball event, like a festival for university, for university students and stuff like that. So okay. I was, I went and I did graffiti there, but it was a dress up event and I didn't have anything to dress up. So I just went to Tesco and I just bought the, like the crappiest thing I could find for cheap. And I just wore that while spraying, but I didn't yeah. remove the whole fit. I didn't remove the whole suit from my bag. 
when I played my first show. So the mask was still in there by accident. And when I pulled my CDJ, my C, sorry, my CDs out, there's not CDJs. I pulled my CDs out to play them. And my friend saw the mask and was like, go on, wear it. And he, I, don't, I don't really remember it perfectly, but he just convinced yeah. me to wear it. And it just kind of stuck, so. Does it not get really hot? <laughs> it gets insanely hot. <laughs> I have no cooling in there. It's like, wait, have I got it here? I think I might have it here. Oh no, I don't have it here. I thought I did. Is it the same one or have you changed it? Nah, we have, um, I had the same one for, for a whole decade actually. Oh wow. But I had really? multiple, I have multiple and I kept, like what, like one got stolen, one was like torn to shreds, one was like, it barely fit me anymore. One was like, <laughs> someone stole that one as well, like mid on tour in America. So it got to the oh. point where I was like, I can't find these anywhere on the, online anymore. I might as well just make my own one. So I ended up getting, oh, okay. them, getting my own one. So this is a custom design we have right now. So we're going to kind of, yeah. kind of go and redesign these probably every three to four years. So I'm due this year slash next year to maybe make a new one, but I don't want to change it too much. You know, I kind of want these masks yeah. to feel like front case 2.0, 3.0 kind of thing, rather than just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just revamping my image, you know? So yeah. it feels familiar, but it's cooler, you know? So Can you not make them so they aren't as uncomfortable? Or is it pretty much? Yeah, I mean, there is that. You've got something on your face. The problem is there's compromises. With masks, it's like, do you want to wear, okay, let's say, let's say, do you want to wear elastic? Elastic is good because it hugs the face and it's comfortable, but yeah. you can't really do designs with elastic. You know, like, like latex sort of stuff, like that. anything like that, like the stuff yeah, like yeah, leggings yeah. are worn, you're made of, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it hugs your face, but they don't last over time. They break easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it's there's compromises. So, if you want like a durable mask, you have to make it out of something that's going to make you hot, hot as fuck. You know, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. And do you go for it when you're DJing? I go for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's kind of my thing. That's my forte. Is my energy on stage, and I'm still doing that now. I'm nearly 36, and I'm I'm definitely feeding it, but I'm not I'm not stopping. But I'll yeah. Young. Oh, pff, do you still honest. love it as much as you did? One million percent. One million. I mean, it's not. So obviously, obviously, right? Everyone's going to say, shut up. I do love it. I love it so much. That being said, there are annoyances of what happens in my, you know, like travel restrictions and cancellations of flights yes. and COVID testing every week and, you know, that sort of stuff. So all these annoyances, yeah. yes, but it's like any dream job is going to have any negative, you know? You could be, like, you could aspire to be a game tester. You could play games all day, but then it yeah. gets to a point where you're just sick of playing the same game over and over again to test for bugs, you know, that sort of stuff. So there's, there's negatives yeah, yeah, in every yeah. job. So... Yes, I live a great life, but a DJ life is not paradise. I promise, <laughs> it's not yes. paradise yes. whatsoever. It's really not. So well, yeah. Who was I talking to the other day talking about touring? Um, and how hard it is. Like if you're an artist and you go on tour all the time, touring's not a nice life. No, nah, it's not. It really it's isn't. It's amazing playing to people. Yeah. But you're not at home. You've got you're traveling all the time, especially if you do somewhere like America. Yeah. Like it's not. People think, oh, that's the life, but. Actually, it's a, it's a, it's a great, I, I can't, com I literally can't complain because if I'd rather this than my, I was working 69 hours a week over two jobs before Funk Case. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy working in a, in an office. What did you and do? so I worked in okay. an office, which I was scammed into doing, uh, by the, by the, uh, by the, what's it called? The, um, when you go to college, but it, you work. Oh, okay. Like an apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. Yeah. So I did an apprenticeship yeah, and I was, yeah, yeah. I went in to specifically do something and I was, and they scammed me into doing, into doing a different course and I ended up doing something I didn't want to do. So I ended up getting yeah. a job through that, doing that, um, that course. And yeah. on the side of that, I was working with my mum and she worked, she was the manager of a care home and I was, I was caring for old people. 
So okay. six and nine hour weeks. So then on, on Sundays and Thursdays, I would do overnight shifts, uh, eight till eight, 12 hours. So 24 hours on that. And then I was doing the rest of the hours in the office. Um, oh my god! So yeah, and I was on miserable money as well. I was constantly yeah, in a minus. I, bet. I was constantly in a minus. Wow! Um, yeah, and then and, and and coincidentally as well with with that whole situation is that I lost my job um, in the office because that's when the economy crashed, two thousand and nine, and they yeah. couldn't sustain, and they had to get rid of a bunch of people. So I was cut off, but that coincidentally gave me the time to write funk case music. So it's like one door closes, you know, or it was like fate. I don't know what you want to call it, yeah. but that's exactly Sometimes what it was. Sometimes you need a push, I think. Like, you know, you wouldn't have left your job. No. To do stuff. Would no, you, not but... in a million years, no. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. I did not enjoy that job. I like the people, a good percentage of the people. Uh, yeah. But it, the job itself was, was insanely tedious and miserable, yeah. to be honest. It was answering phones and folding paper and being treated like an idiot. They called yeah. me the print monkey. That's what they literally what my name was in the, in the <laughs> office. Because I was the guy that they would go, we need 10 photocopies of this. So I'll go and photocopy those and they go print these out and unfold them. And it was like papers. I'm not joking. I don't even know how big they were. They were like A1 or bigger than that. Like they were like this big. Yeah. And I had to fold those into like, into like one, one eighth of the size of it. So it fit in an envelope. And I'd have to do that over like hundreds and hundreds of papers. So I'd be there folding oh all God. day, just folding, folding, miserable. My hands getting dry ink getting on my skin like people calling me print monkey all the time like giving me nicknames and stuff like that. I was just like this is miserable <laughs> but it paid the bills wow. so i just did it you just got to do what you got to do sometimes yeah no totally i hear that so but yeah. how is amazing is it that now you've got how many followers have you got on instagram uh, 158,000 or something like that. yeah i mean it's not <laughs> it's it's all in re it's relativity isn't it it's like people follow you but not everyone re uh, responds to what you're doing you know there's like People are like, why don't you, why do you only get, you know, two or 3,000 likes on a picture? Kanye West has millions of followers and he gets about 100k followers, you know, 100k likes on, on stuff. So yeah, it's but relative. Because you don't fucking see anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Neither do you. Yeah, like, exactly. I see the same shit from the same people, which is yeah. lovely because I love them, but I follow loads of people and I never see anything from them. So it's an algorithm thing. So this is, this is a yeah. whole other, whole other can of worms opening up here. But Instagram has basically mm. gone to a model where they want you to pay to be noticed. And it's Facebook, yes. isn't it? That's the problem. So yeah, if you, if, they, if you interact with that person enough, that algorithm does then set you into their algorithm. But if you don't, and people aren't seeing what you're doing and your likes are low, then they go, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. your likes are low. Guess what? We've got this special deal on today. If you spend 500 quid, we'll get you to six people. Yeah, so, yeah that's the issue. And so, yeah. 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 Um, so how did you come to music? Uh, my mum. My mum's a DJ. I was, oh wow! I grew up around watching my mum do copious drugs and DJ, <laughs> basically. What what music did she DJ? She was uh, so DJ. so. My mum was uh, a fairly well known UK only uh, uh, not drum and bass DJ. She was a happy hardcore DJ. She used to DJ happy hardcore. Back when oh, happy wow. hard went back when it was just hard uh, happy hardcore. Sorry, yeah. It was like that classic fastest four four style. She was yeah, that DJ, yeah. and she would DJ around uh, events in Bournemouth, but she would also DJ around events called Tasmania. And that was like the yes. big, the big event for Happy Hardcore. And she was a, quite a fairly well-known DJ. She was kind of not, not a resident, but she would play a lot for that, for that company. Yeah. And then she was always out playing shows or out getting mashed. <laughs> she won't yeah. mind me saying, she's not really into that stuff anymore. <laughs> but like, yeah, she, and, and I would be at home, you know, lying on the couch watching whatever on TV, I don't know, <laughs> Texas Laboratory or whatever was on or wrestling. Uh, but yeah. like, 
every single day she would be on the deck. She had a special room where she had decks in. She had friends around partying or just mixing on that sort of stuff. Every single day of my damn existence from, from birth until, <laughs> until the moment I decided I liked it was me being surrounded by partying or loud music or happy hardcore. Wow. And then but the problem with my mom's career was that the reason she never ex- uh, got further than where she did is because um, what, there was a moment in music where happy hardcore went to jungle or hardcore. Yeah. So drum and bass was kind of born through jungle. And yeah. so jungle being the sort of the originator, jungle and hardcore split from happy hardcore and people went yeah. one way and others went. So my mum went to jungle yeah. and her, and she was also fighting for her name against a producer called DJ Vortex. And right. he was getting a bit of traction. And in the end, she lost her name. So she changed the name and then I kind of fucked her career. So yeah. she ended up not getting out of the UK. And then, yeah, so that kind of mashed her career to a point where she was just ended up being a local. But yeah. So from that... It's hard, I think, for women as well. In the, I mean, I've worked with DJs for, well, ever since I left university. And I can count the amount of female DJs I know. So 2002? Yeah, 2002, left uni, you know, not long ago, 2012, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not long ago, I right? Not yeah. <laughs> I don't even know when I left university. Fuck, 98, I think I left uni. Was it? I left, I, le- I started high school in Did 97. You? So you're not, you're not too far off me. I'm 44. Yeah, well, 36 in July. Yeah. So. Yes, the same. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Once from, it gets past 30, it's all the same. I know, everyone just starts aching. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the age podcast where we just moan about age. If you don't know about age, we're going to tell you right now. Um, no, but so, so was, was so, she young when she had you? Yeah, she was 19. She, I was an accident. Oh, wow. Or as my mum calls Happy me, accident. a surprise. Yeah, I was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, was a, I was a surprise. Uh, but I was, yeah, a, a lot of stuff was stacked against uh, my mum at that time. She wasn't didn't have a very good relationship with her parents. And, yeah. uh, she, you know, she was... Uh, a single mum with she basically had to work like I don't know she was like working like 11 12 15 cleaning jobs at the same time you know yeah. just kind of going to rich people's houses and cleaning and that sort of stuff so she, she had a lot of struggle in her life but through that all she was you know DJing basically to, to keep herself safe so yeah so from that story my uh my background came from when I was so did you hate it when you were little did you annoy the fuck I didn't out like it my mom used to drive my mom used to drive me to school in, in an orange VW Beetle with happy hardcore blazing out of it. Like she would blaze tape packs out of it. And I was like, mom, I'm going to get bullied. Stop, stop. And I'll be sitting in the seat. just like, oh, I, can't, I can't stand this. Can you drop me off further away or something? Oh and, my God. She was the coolest mom ever. Yeah. But that's but the thing to us, to us, you, yeah. you know, we think that's <laughs> yeah. the coolest thing I've ever heard. But to kids who are 14, you know, just like, yeah. you just hear a car go. You know, that sort of stuff. You're thinking, what the fuck is... I'm going to beat his ass later on. So, yeah, it was a weird situation, but I got to appreciate it. When I was... I think I'm going to be... I think I'm 16 or 18 or 17. That sort of that sort of scope yeah. of area. And uh, she would play D&B every day. And by this point, I was wearing hoodies. My hair was down past my shoulders like death metal. I hated everything electronic. I was all into bands and that sort of stuff. And I heard one track on um, by Twisted Individual called um, Bandwagon Blues. And I was like, I feel like this is a cool track. And then my brain went, this is a good track. I like this track. And then I, for some reason, I went from that into like walking into my mom's room, like, hey, hey, 
like, can I just have a go on these decks? Like, because I used to watch her, and I, I knew, yeah. I learned to drive through watching my mum drive every day, that sort of stuff. Like, I, I don't drive actually legally, <laughs> but I know how to drive because <laughs> I can just watch what people do, and I know how to do it. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, literally yeah. stepped up to the decks. Never, never mixed in my life, and I, and I pretty much mixed there and then. My mum was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> she was like, "I've been learning for years. How have you done this?" So that sort of that moment was like. Okay. And then I started buying vinyls, DMB vinyls, my own vinyls. And then I started practicing in the room. And then that went to, um, I ended up joining my mum's radio show with all the way MC oh, crew wow. and that sort of stuff. And I was in my mum's uh, DMB crew and that sort of stuff. And then that turned me into being a producer eventually from messing around on music by the PlayStation. You know, yeah, there was a, there was a game called yeah. music on PlayStation. That's how I started my career, but I didn't know that I liked to write music. I thought it was a game. You know, I was just making music, yeah. but I, cu I couldn't stop making music. I never, it never clicked that I could be a, it could be Did a thing. Did you play anything? Did you play any instruments? Yeah, I've been playing uh, drums since I was 14 and guitar since I was 16. Okay. So at that point, I've been playing guitar. I've been in bands as well. I, lo I love bands. Um, but it didn't, that sort of thing, like I always thought I was just going to be in a band. It never clicked that I could write music for a job, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I was just, I just kind of just kept kept making music just not thinking about it and then one day i got a copy of reason from my mom's boyfriend who was <laughs> a year older than me <laughs> <laughs> my mom's a bit of a cougar she did she did like him young that being to be that well, being said that being said uh the reason for that is because my mom thought he he lied to her they they met at new year's at a party and they kissed he told her he was older and she told him she was younger so it kind of worked you know <laughs> And yeah, I think was he a year or was he three years, four years? I don't know. It's sort of like it, oh, wasn't, it wasn't long. It. it wasn't long. Yeah. And then he taught me how to uh, use reason instead of um, music on the PlayStation. Yeah. And that turned into I'm finishing tracks now, and then that turned into this label wants my track now. Is that turned into vinyl releases now, and then it's just spiral from so there. So how did you get the labels to hear it? Did you have labels that you knew that you liked that you sent it to, or? Were you kind of because you were in that world anyway? Did did your mum know people and? No, nah, mum knew no one. I it was kind of like the internet was just starting to kick off, and it was like uh, AOL Instant Messenger, AIM. If you oh, if you're yes, familiar, I remember AIM. And AIM oh was like God. AIM had a feature on it where it would auto accept files, and there was record yeah. label. And I got in touch with a company who were doing remixes, and I did a remix for a track, and they loved the remix, but they couldn't put it out because of their own rules. And they said, "Can we hear some more?" And I sent them a track, and. That was my first release. It was a track called Gunslinger and Deep Out, I think it was called. It was my first ever vinyl. Um, and that was a mind-blowing moment because my mum's never had a vinyl release in her life. So to see her son with his own like white label and his own full release, she was like, mind-blowing. So yeah, that was the moment where it clicked. So like, this could be a thing. Yeah. But for them, five years, I spent miserable years in my drum and bass life trying to make it, <laughs> not getting anywhere. So yeah, but it was, very, it was a very closed-off uh, genre. I can't lie. EMB was a very close-off genre. Crafty would probably tell you the same thing, to be honest. Really? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I know Zinc. That's who I know for drum and bass. I can't help but, like, but every that's... time I think about that man, I just keep reminding... He keeps telling me that... T when you see Swanee, call him Russell. That's what he keeps telling me every time I see him. <laughs> say, say hello to Russell. Some weird story about him thinking his name was Russell and it wasn't. It ended up being his name. <laughs> Even though his name's Simon. So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't, yeah, I suppose it all depends. It's all who you know in it, I think. Yeah, definitely. Everything. Especially if the, if the scene's closed off like drum and bass was, you had to know someone in the scene to get in. That's yeah. why That's why I felt like I was making headway when I spoke to Chrissy Chris a lot. 
Chrissy yeah. Chris was just a guy that played music on on the radio. And then eventually we started talking more, and we got we got you know not close, but we got we we were on talking terms at that point. And I was like, wow, yeah, I'm talking yeah. talking terms with the radio one DJ. What's going on? He's playing out all the time, and he's got DMB releases and stuff like that. And that was when that was a moment when I felt like headway was happening. And like, like I say, when the dubstep tracks were being played out, they were blowing up. But shortly before that, I had a DMB track I'd made called The Devil. Um, and Chrissy played that on his Radio 1 show. And he pulled it up on Radio 1 and it was his track of the week. That was when, that was the moment yeah. where I was like, I'm getting somewhere now. I'd spent, you know, four years in a DMB scene, like trying to get somewhere. And finally, I've got a track of the week on Radio 1. So that was, that was like the first, like, confidence boost. And then yeah. Funk Case re rewinds in that festival on Primetime Radio 1. Chris, I owe a lot to Chrissy Chris. I tell this to everyone. I owe a lot to Chrissy Chris. He's, he yeah. kick-started a lot of my career. And he's very, very underrated as a producer and um, extremely uh, important in the dubstep scene, actually, in the early dubstep yeah. scene. Can't lie. Can't lie. He deserves it. So how? So when you had that play on Radio 1 then, how soon after that, how long did it take for you to get to where you are because you're massive, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, depends on what you define as that, but you know. Uh, well, no, you are, aren't you? I mean, you're. I mean, I do okay. I don't. I don't. I'm not DJ Snake or Steve Oakey. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but I'm doing. I'm touring the world, so I can't complain. Um, what was like the definitive moment? Is what you're saying, or? Yeah. Well, I suppose because it's. What's that saying? Where it takes years of work to become an overnight success. Yeah, I Do you think. Know what I mean, like everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is the next best thing," and then all of a sudden you're a star, but they don't know that actually you've been fucking working at it for ten years. Yeah, there is that. Know? There, there's, there's a, there's a lot of that. There's also a case of it only takes one track. That, that's kind of my, yes. my version of that. Yeah. But it, that doesn't sometimes equate to years of, of, of effort. It can be someone can be making tracks for six months and be fairly yeah. good at the basics, and then suddenly they've got the biggest track in history. You know, it's like that is. It only takes one track. So. But then equally, you have to follow that track up as well because you might every, you know everyone can have a hit but yeah i've seen i've seen the wave get destroyed i've seen it i've seen artists fall yeah. at the fall at the first hurdle so yeah that's definitely true but yeah i don't know it's just i think yeah it does take a lot of patience and a lot of effort it took me a long time to, to get noticed but some people take six months some people take six years there's a guy i signed yeah. to my to my record label i'm sure we'll get onto that later on but there's a guy I signed to my record label he's been writing music for eight years never had a single release and he's yeah. writing amazing music. And I just started releasing to him. He's like, I'm so grateful. I'm like, where have you been, dude? What have you been doing for eight years with all this good music? So, yeah. But it's, it's the right person, wasn't it? Because I, I used to make music. I think I just did it for about 10 years. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. What happened? It was... Why? Why stop? Um, I couldn't take the rejection. It was the too much. Uh... It was the, it nearly happened so many times. And then it didn't. Like, the, I'll tell you what, the last thing that did it was Scream. Right. Was supposed to produce the album, and that was, and he agreed to do it just before the Larue track. Right. <laughs> so obviously, Defining then moment. that happened for him, yeah. and he wasn't going to do it anymore. And I was like, do you know what? I just can't. And I want to have babies. I think I was about thirty three at that point, and I was like, I just want to have a baby. <laughs> oh really? That was a, that's yeah. a, that's an aggressive um, switch from I want to tour the world to I want to have a baby. Well, I think I I loved I loved making music. I loved writing. But I didn't love performing so much. Really? Yeah. There's, there's a few people like that. I think Flux Pavilion's like that too. I think he likes performing, but I think he's he he if he had the choice, he would produce over over playing shows for yeah. sure. I'm the opposite. I it's think I'm, I'm definitely more of an on uh, on the stage guy. 
Yeah, I think that you're either like that or you're not. I yeah. think. Yeah. And I just it wasn't really. I did. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, you gotta no. love it for sure. It's for, for yeah. especially like all those negatives we're talking about, and probably will go into eventually. It's, you definitely well, gotta have a level of love and patience with with going through that sort of stuff. So I have a good friend who was a recording artist, and he nearly quit when they went on tour in America because he was just on this van, and he was like, "I would rather be back at HMV where we met working behind the till than doing this shit anymore." And he couldn't believe that he was so ungrateful. <laughs> For everyone, you know, he's like, I'm touring fucking America, but he just, he hated it. It's a van it's though, it's different. That's different. That's cramped but, up in a, in, you know, for hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours and hours, bored, you know, wishing you weren't cramped up in a van, basically. Yeah. For me, I get yeah. to fly and I get to stay in hotels, so there's a level of glamour in, in attached to that in, yes. in comparison yeah. to a van. But that being said, yeah, there is a... But that's the thing. He was never cut out for it. That's the thing. If you if you have genuine passion, I would have I would have swam to America at one point. You know, like when I was doing six and nine hours a week, and someone said, "If you swim to America, yeah. we'll give you a tour and we'll give yeah. you ten thousand. I'd have gone. I literally will drink the water while I'm on the way. I won't stop for food or anything. I will go. It, yeah. like, if you have the passion for it, it doesn't matter what. I think he's never cut out for it. I think some people just aren't cut out for it. I think they like the idea of it, and I think when they get a slice of something, they go. Someone goes, "Oh, we've got a tour for you." And in your head, you're going, don't do it. You know you won't like it. But your first thought is money. Or, wow, maybe I'll meet someone yeah. big. Or maybe it'll blow up. You know, maybe I'll have a private jet in three. You know, it's, there's things that go on in your head, which it's kind of like, it's kind of like myself um, with previous girlfriends. Now, I'm not going to call anyone out, but there were red flags at <laughs> early signs. And because I was so desperate to be with someone, I decided to ignore them. You know, it's the same sort of thing. So when the red flags happen in your head, but you're so desperate for something to work, you just ignore it. That's kind of, I can yeah. imagine that's exactly Amen. what he did. Yeah. That is, my thing is the, your first, um, what's the word? Impressions are always right. Mm -hmm. Always right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. ever ignore the red flags. No, the red flags are red flags for a reason. Yeah. yeah. You got but no, he, he, he loved doing, he loved doing it. I think it was a bad moment that he was having at that time when he was just like, I just want to quit. There was a lot of other stuff going on. It was kind of, he was in a partnership and it was kind of coming towards the end of that. And, you know, but, um, but yeah, I do think it is a hard, it is a hard job. Every, I mean, all jobs are fucking hard, aren't they? No one's got an yeah, easy job. Yeah, of course, job. yeah, yeah. Like course. you said at the beginning, it's, you know, Matt, what, what you do, it gets boring eventually. Yeah, of course, yeah. And I mean, there's obviously, like I said, there's going to be negatives involved with, with it. Yeah. People say to me all the time, like, someone someone said to me, I've been, I mentioned this on Twitter a few times in the last year, actually. It was just, someone once said to me, what's it like being a millionaire? And I'm like, you have such a skewed view. <laughs> Of what DJs earn, because and, and and my girlfriend told me that she she went on a forum years ago and, and they were talking about what the DJs possibly earn at a festival. And it was a festival I was playing at, and it's 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 a it's a all basehead festival called Lost Lands, right? So this is all basically yeah. good size level dubstep producers, but we're not talking we're not talking like you know Steve Oki or David Guetta sort of money. This is all like we're yeah, on yeah. very comfortable but not very insane money. Yeah. So yeah. But they were all going through it. They were like, yeah, he earns seventy grand. He earns one hundred and fifty. And like I'm just like, are what, you kidding me? Yeah, for one for one for hour that on stage. But it's one festival, so it's a one hour on stage. Like they were, they were kind of going through each DJ and they were kind of working out. And I'm like, people have such a skewed view of what we earn. Yeah. Like yeah. even if even if, even if right, let's say you don't see my statements of who takes cuts right. When you see when promoters explain like, oh, I paid him this much money, right? People think, wow. Do you see my statements? Do you know how much tax yeah. I pay? <laughs> like yeah. it's it's actually insane. It make it would you would cry if you'd seen how much I could earn yeah. before yeah. 
<laughs> management agency double tax you know it's like there's yeah. and, uh, hotels and flights and everything like that and you're like oh yeah <laughs> oh i i spent a month just for this amount okay well it's a good amount i'm, I'm not gonna complain but this could have been much more you know so it is also amusing that they think the festival actually makes that much money so it can pay yeah. the artists yeah they probably well. think oh they make it's 40 like they grand they make 40 no million idea. easy they make 40 yeah. million easy it's not a problem they, they'll just pay whatever the artists and then they make 40 mm. i've I, mean, I heard a rumor i don't know this off 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 actual proper sourcing but i heard a rumor from people that i know who are in the scene that edc either doesn't make money or they barely break even and edc is like the biggest festival in america in las vegas it's like two hundred and fifty thousand people their tickets are insane amounts of money but they put so much money into production and everything involved that generally they're just not making money (laughs) it's just not making money i know there's another festival that i know which is a massive festival and i know that they don't they literally do it for the love they're yeah. not making any money i think they break even but they're definitely not making any money out of it i think the goal i think the goal in the, these sort of things though is that you get get the the brand to a level where you can sell it and then that's yeah. where the money comes from so you might break yeah. even every year or you might lose a little bit of money that sort of stuff but eventually you can sell it to a big i don't know let's just say live nation steps in and they go we, we'll give you 80 yeah. million for this thing and you think oh, God. Yeah. I've been breaking even for 20 years for this moment. Thank you. <laughs> and suddenly that, that's it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird situation, but I don't know. It's, do people, people, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they shouldn't have a skewed view because they obviously know if they don't know anything about the scene, they just assume they're only loads yeah. of money. But that being said, you know, yeah. Well, I suppose you hear about the, the massive superstar DJs, don't you? Like David Getter and whatever, and you know how much they earn and you just think, oh, well, that's how much they earn. But yep. it's like, no. Yeah, I heard a rumor as well that Calvin Harris makes a million a, a set in uh, when he does like I think he does like two three hour sets at uh, these Las Vegas hotels. And yeah, but see, in Vegas, I'd, I'd, could, I could see that happening. Well, it's disposable income because these casinos must make insane amounts of money per day anyway. Like they'll probably yeah. have to do one day of trading and yeah. pay Calvin Harris that money. That wouldn't surprise me. You know? Plus, Vegas can be really pricey as well. Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah. yeah. So that I mean, it just. Own... It, but then again, if I'm not obviously, obviously it's an insane amount of money. He obviously claims an insane amount of money from it, but he's not earning a million. He's probably yes, yes. earning at, at best, probably around. I'm gonna say maximum 200k from that, just yeah, because of the yeah. amount of cuts that come. He's probably got like eight managers, songwriters to pay. You know, like two agents. Like he's probably multiple taxes. Like he's he's probably got the cuts galore coming out of it. So I don't know. It's an insane amount. Tax laws. But it's obviously an insane amount of money, obviously, but, yeah, but it's just yeah, not yeah, a million, yeah. is it? It's just not yeah, a million. No, it's so not I just be walking away with that. That's what I'm saying. So it's, I always try and explain this to people. I'm like, even if you get told by a promoter, I earn, I don't know, whatever money, I'm going to yeah. be earning about 20% of that maximum, like, cause, just because yeah. it's just so horrendous. So, yeah. <laughs> so when did you get signed? So Circus signed me. That was the first first ever proper signing, which is funny because... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was my first signing because uh, the, the funny part about that is that I'd spent obviously all this time in drum and bass and I'd spent all my time not being paid <laughs> for these releases <laughs> in drum and bass. I got paid for, I, ha- I think I have like nearly 20 vinyl releases and I think I've been paid for two of them. And like even early dubstep, I wasn't paid for them because the distributors went down. They, they, got, they went down for bankruptcy or whatever. But... Oh, sorry, two seconds. My door's just gone. That's right. I have no idea who it is. <laughs> oh my God, it's eight o'clock at night. Welcome to the live podcast on Mama Mama. Sponsored by Maximum Boost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we were going to get you to do things, weren't we, for the other podcast? Not illegal stuff, by the way. If anyone's li- no, any police listening, things. That can mean anything. <laughs> legal things. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, wait, I forgot the question was. <laughs> 
you were, uh, get signed when you got signed yeah so so because of my so you. so yeah so when i was doing drum, uh, drum and bass i got i did i had maybe 18 to 20 vinyls i got paid for two of them and then even in the early dubstep days um distributors went down i didn't get paid for a load of releases then but it was always a thing in drum and bass to where don't sign exclusive do not sign exclusive it's the worst thing you could do um and i'd been talking to dr p sean for a long time because he'd been picto in drum and bass world so we were kind of always talking that being said I say talking. Sean's response, no joke, every time was one one word, and it was usually lol. So like, you know, and you know what Sean's like if you've ever met him. That is literally Sean. So yeah, he's just not really a responsive guy. But we got talking one day randomly out of the blue, and he was telling me I've been making dubstep, and I was like, what? So have I? What do you mean? And we were, we exchanged music, and he sent me the most amazing dubstep, and I sent him my dubstep. He's like, what the hell? This is amazing. So we just we just had this music. We didn't no shows, no nothing, and then. Sean went, I'm starting the label. Like one day and was like, do you want to, do you want to release these on it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then like not too long after that, I'm going to say maybe a year after I signed my first tracks, they went, we got a contract for you. And I was like, oh no, oh no. I'm about to say no and I'm going to piss these guys off and I'm going to lose my label and you know, that sort of stuff. But um, someone in me told me to sign and it was the best thing I ever did because Circus was you know, one of the most prominent labels in dubstep, you know, in the, yeah. in the, in the come up. So it, I owe a lot to dub, you know, to dubstep. I owe a lot, hell of a lot to circus. You know, the growth of circus may have made me bigger. You know, if I wasn't on the circus, would I be as big? Probably not. So, you know, I, I owe a lot to that label. I'm still here today, 13 years later on the same label. So. Wow. So, 13 yeah. years. 13 years as front case, 2009. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. God. I know. So when did you start your label? My label started last year, actually. Okay. It's a brand already. It's been a brand yeah. since 20... I've had it drawn... I've always... Okay, I've always wanted my own label and my own clothing label for like the longest time. I've literally wanted that for ages. Um, and I've always toyed with the idea... by the way. Oh, yeah, this is this is not my label, that... but this is, this is a label okay. that hooked me out free stuff. Civil Regime, shouts to the guys. These are American company. But um, okay. I actually do have a hoodie coming out on the next Deep and Mo run. This is exclusive information, actually, for the Mama Mama podcast, Ooh. where it looks, it's a tie-dye style with, with cool uh, writing on it. So yeah, it's not out yet, but it will be out soon. Um, but yeah. So what I've, is your label called? DPMO. Don't piss me off. <laughs> you know that old London saying? You know, it's like when someone tries and either makes you laugh or you, yeah. don't want to, you don't want them to make you angry. It's don't piss me off. So I had yeah. a track called Don't Piss Me Off. And it became my brand. I was going to be called Ghosts. I wanted to name my brand after like a, a popular track of mine in the yeah. scene. So there was like Ghosts, D Don't Piss Me Off, which is now DPMO, and some other names. And I tried to go for Ghosts, but I couldn't write a good logo. I couldn't do a good logo okay. for Ghosts because Ghosts is like... There's a, there's a Ghost already, isn't there? There's, go there's Ghost Energy Drink. I think there's a Ghost clothing label, but it's, it's like... How do you do a serious looking clothing label with, with like a cartoon ghost on the front of it? You know, there's not really good looking ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But serious clothing labels. So it's kind of, I was always a bit on the edge with that one. And then DP Mo happened and I, I just designed the logo with a, with a Sharpie and then put it into, <laughs> into Photoshop <laughs> and made it black. Um, but yeah, that was, that was uh, dreamt up for years. And then we started 2016 was the yeah. first mock-ups of the clothing. And 2017 was the official first release of the clothing so the clothing came first and we've been doing the clothing for years and then and then last year three four years in we started the label through the team at circus who were sort of doing the back end of it now i'm doing the a and r and i'm the owner so yeah it's exciting it's stuff exciting. it's well exciting it's tiring yeah. <laughs> it's tiring listening yeah. to it's tiring listening to 
lots of bad music and then finding lots of good music in between. And that's yeah. not a diss to anyone because some people are just ready and some people aren't. Some people can, maybe some people can't. That's just life. But yeah, yeah. it's it's tiring to listen to that stuff over and over again because. So back in your DJ days, did you ever go to a record shop and just listen to so many records over and over again, and then the mediocre one sounds amazing, and you take you buy it and take it home? Did you ever do that? No. This is I did this so many times, but you would listen to so many tracks that you were like, eh. and then something that was like okay was like wow this is sick and you take it home you're like why did i buy this it's kind of the same thing with this music so now i'm at the point where i know exactly my brain's going to listen to something that's okay and think wow that's insane yeah so i have this folder (laughs) which i put everything in and then i wait till next day to listen to it and then i listen to everything again like oh no no, 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 no." so yeah that's uh the kind of the process that goes on with that but yeah how many releases have you had oh i don't know i don't know we started we we released so we released oh we released compilations through circus um yeah. actually deep Mode compilations we're, we just released deep Mode four i think it was beginning of this year or end of last year um so we've had four compilations that was like 20 plus yeah. tracks each one but those those have been going on since 2017 and then we released deep Mode four on my own label this year so we've got four compilations and i think we've got like our seventh ep coming out or something so nothing okay. nothing nothing too crazy we're, we're kind of we're kind of uh moving I'm just trying to find the best people that are like the core artists for the label, the best representatives, the best underground. It's basically an underground artist label. We're not signing anyone specifically yet. It's kind of like, yeah. if it's good music, it comes out. It doesn't matter if you've got a management. It doesn't matter if you've got one follower or one million. You know, yeah. it's just if it's a sick track, it comes out. So that was the basic of it. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, scene, the scene needs it, man. There's, like yeah. at this, in this day and age where YouTube has a million tutorials on how to make music, there is a million kids with so much passion to make music that have all this talent and it's just the tracks just don't go out anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. So have you signed, how many people have you signed? <laughs> have you signed anyone? Probably, it's got to be tracks? over a hundred at this point. Probably. Oh, wow. I mean, we've done four compilations of 20 tracks plus on each one. So that it's all new music? Brand new, yeah. I mean, the first oh, one wow. was, the first one was full of release music because we couldn't find enough good unreleased music and we were still trying to build the brand so we didn't have the opportunity to go hey we're doing a compilation here's an email like i do now i know i get loads of submissions back then it was like i'm starting the label and it was like no one responds so i'm like okay i'm going to my my dj mates like do you want to release this do you want to release this like do you want to release on my new compilation sort of thing so we had loads of releases on there to help promote it but also some new stuff so it was kind of a mix on the first one but then any for everything after that has been dub plates basically wow so yeah happy for you <laughs> thanks that's really nice yeah it's nice it's because it's something i've always wanted i've always wanted my own yeah. label and i've always wanted my own clothing label and i've always wanted my own brand so we're kind of the clothes most of them yeah there's yeah. a few a few i've had made by other people but um generally it's all mine yeah i'm the creative wow yeah i've always really been like cool. this if you i mean if you ever speak to swanee or crafty they will literally tell you that i've always been this way <laughs> to be honest yeah. but now it's finally formulating into something so yeah yeah, I'm happy. It's something. It's something I get to watch. That's mine. You know. Yeah. It's not like I pay a team to do it. You know, because there's a, there's a sense of is it yours in that sense. And also, it's why you're doing it. Like you're doing it because it's obviously what you want to do. Yeah, and you exactly. Love it. Yeah, you should so always go. You should always it. go head on at your passions because that's what if they if they materialize, then you'll have a happy life. Yeah, definitely. So, lockdown. Yeah, here we go. So I'm gonna. So just before you, just before you carry on, the reason that I'm on this podcast today 
for anyone listening is because I listened to your podcast while I was on tour in America a week ago or something, and I was sat in an airport oh, board. Did you? Yeah, and I was playing my Switch, but I was listening to your podcast with Crafty. And oh, in yeah. it, Crafty said, obviously, obviously, you had the whole talk about what's been going on in lockdown and what happened with his yeah. with, with Maximum Boost. But he did say we should do this in a year's time. And on no joke, it was like a week before the exact year from no what he so I looked at it and I was like, what the hell? So I messaged Crafty like we should do this, but let me in. I want to I want to be involved as well because I'd love to get yeah, involved. Yeah. And then you were like, well, let's do one as well. So now yeah. we've got a whole. So, yeah, this is the sort of catch up. So yeah. what's what life's been like? So we're we're out we're out of Corona guys. We're we're out. Out. Well, I say well, we're out kind of out. out like it's it's here, but it's you know we're out. We're doing stuff. We're moving. We're leaving our we're houses. Not paying attention to it anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's still exactly what it was like. <laughs> yeah. it's just not. We can go out now yeah. and deal with it. Yeah. But so obviously you as a DJ, everything shut down, didn't it? So completely you, in every single way. You? Uh, Were you all right. It was all right. It was it was annoying because I just finished a world tour and I'd had the money for a house so i haven't bought a house yet at this tender age <laughs> this young age of 30 <laughs> and uh i was like desperate to get a house um and i'd finally got a deposit there like from this tour and i was like right this is going out yeah. boom corona and then just you know chomp 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 and all my money just went like all my deposit money went it threw corona just bills and payments and yeah. things like that so yeah, yeah, yeah. so that kind of killed that off so luckily my girlfriend being the smart female she is, because, you know, men are idiots. And I will go test to that because I am one. Uh, I didn't save until just before Corona. She made me save. And then I had the money. The savings I had kept me alive in Corona. So yeah, if I'd had to work a job, God knows if I'd still be able to do front case stuff, to be honest. So, yeah. But uh, I had savings and that went. Um, but I'm back on the road now. But do my you lockdown... know people that weren't all right? That haven't, uh... like, didn't have any savings? And had to go out and get proper jobs, or do everyone you know kind of manage to? Producer wise, everyone used their abilities in some way. Like for me, I'm an entertainer, I'm a gamer, but I'm also a producer. So I did like, I did like a lot of um, lessons with people for money, and I used to, and I mixed down someone's album. I did mastered someone's album, engineered it. Oh, nice. Uh, that was some band's album, and I did loads and loads of stuff like that, which which is sort of twinned around my job, which is to produce music. Yeah. But also yeah. my entertainment side, which is what I like to do on stage, was then put to Twitch and I ended up being a game streamer. Yes, yeah, so come on, tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, I knew that would come to it. So Have as you, you can... always played games? Yeah, literally since since I was young, yeah. Literally, my yeah, my yeah, mum yeah. uh, my mum bought me my first Super Nintendo when I was, I don't know, seven, six, something like that. It shows how yeah. old I am. But I, I played Street Fighter 2 every day of my life until I got my next game, whenever it was. But I just played it over and over again, and I've always been a gamer. Um, but this translated into covid with um streaming and i just the thing was is that i was touring even before corona i was touring and i was playing games between touring i'll make music and then i'll play games at night so yeah. one day i went why don't i just turn the camera on and just people yeah. watch me play games because i'm pretty good at games so yeah that's what i did so i turned my camera on and suddenly i started getting paid people were subscribing to me and i was like what's what <laughs> getting paid to play games <laughs> what is this so that's what happened and then Corona happened, and I was like, what the hell am I going to do with it? It's like, I hope this doesn't last too long, you know? Obviously, it lasted years. <laughs> so, yeah, but my first thought was just do streaming. Just stream. Just stream for a yeah. bit until it's over, and then we'll go back on tour. And obviously, that lasted for a long time. So, um, But the streaming thing was a, was a blessing because I was getting paid, and that was, that was kind of offsetting the main of the costs that, I was, that was coming yeah. out of my, my accounts at the time. 
So well, that's it's amazing, isn't it, that that kind of you managed to switch over and it was quite easy. Yeah. Did you were you going on every day? Monday to Friday, ten thirty p.m. till roughly around three a.m. every single day. Oh wow! I do that now, and I still do that now. Yeah, between wow. touring. Yeah. That's why. why that's why that when time? I spoke to you. That's why when I spoke to you, you were like, "What time did you wake up?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> not in the mornings." <laughs> But the reason is because of the American market. The Americans are my main fans, right, fan base. Okay. And so okay, I yeah. cater for the American market because obviously UK dubstep is basically dead. I mean, there's lovers there and there's promoters won't book us. So, you know, there's no market for it. Uh, yeah. Europe is good, but it's ahead of us. So if I streamed earlier, I'd have to hope that the, the Europeans come in. But the main main of my market is America. So I stream to America. Yeah. It's just about not too late for the English and the Europeans to come in. But it's a yeah. good time for the Americans to come in. So it's like kind of my in my head the best time. So So people just pay to watch you play video games. Yeah, I mean it's optional. There's no there's no problem with it. I mean Twitch, if you don't subscribe to me, Twitch forces adverts before okay. you watch me play and you have to watch thirty minutes thirty minutes, thirty seconds of adverts. Yeah. And then that can get tiring. It's like me. I've just bought YouTube Premium, and I just I used to watch adverts over and over again. But now I bought Premium because I'm sick of the adverts. But it's the best yeah, thing yeah, ever. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah. But but you get to support someone. Eventually, you get so engulfed in the streamer and what they're doing and stuff, and you get so involved that you just you just subscribe. <laughs> and then yeah. don't get, it's just my kids watch Twitch. Okay, people watch. Yeah, yeah. Play people play yeah, games, yeah, but yeah. I'm just like because it's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, why would you? But I, I don't know. Obviously, people love it. But that, I mean, do, what do you talk about? It's a support. The <laughs> do you thing just is, chat it's, or do you play? Do you talk when you play the game? It can vary. The thing is, is you're supporting the streamer. So obviously, there's there's the reward of the fact that you know that yeah. you're helping a streamer out. If, you, if it's yeah. someone who's got like, I don't know, like it's tens of thousands of subs and they're making tons of money, then there's no, you know, if you get supportive as that streamer, you're just helping pay them more money. But yeah, for lower yeah. down streamers you're literally giving them a platform to keep twitching. So yeah. that's what helps. But it's the thing is, it's like, it's, I was telling this to my stream yesterday. I stream nearly a hundred hours every month and they're yeah. paying $5 <laughs> for a hundred hours. You yeah. couldn't, you yeah, couldn't yeah, get, yeah. you couldn't get a, blum, a plumber to check a pipe for yeah. five seconds for that kind of money. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's yeah. like, it's not, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing myself to a plumber because that's a skilled thing, but in no, our world, you, you $5 for 100 yeah. hours is insanity. Yeah. And yeah, some yeah, people yeah. don't even subscribe. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, there's that, there's just that element. But also you get little things like you can have like emotes you can use in chat. And sometimes they're funny to use in certain situations and only yeah. subscribers get those and that sort of stuff. So it depends. It depends. But some people do uh, initiatives in their streams as well. So you'll get like, you get three different tiers on Twitch. You can do $5, $10 or $25. Yep. Tier one, tier two, tier three. And some streamers say, if you tier three with me, um, I'll play a game with you or I'll check out your music okay. or, you know, that sort of stuff. They do that. They do yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's different ways of doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I do the same sort of thing. Wow. How many people follow you? I have 14,000 on Twitch, which is, by the way, and Twitch numbers for streamers who aren't proper big streamers is good numbers. Like, you will see people who have like a hundred, hundred. Let's say you get a hundred viewers on Twitch. That's a pretty good number in Twitch, right? Because there's so many yeah. Twitchers. But people see a hundred and they think that's low. It's that's a good number in Twitch because there's so many yeah. streamers. Attention spans are clicking through streamers constantly. So when you've got a consistent number, yeah. it's a good number. So I I average around fifty to a hundred, and yeah. I've been doing that consistently since Corona, but. That that, that fluctuates based on what I'm doing. So if I'm playing games, it's usually about that number. But if I'm doing music streams, 
it's yeah. more. It can be up to 200. Or if I'm doing streams where I'm mixing music, it can be up to over a thousand people. And I did one stream um, where I was playing. Uh, so Lost Lands is that festival I was talking about earlier. It's like the biggest bass head festival in America. They did yeah. an online one during Corona where they got all a bunch of artists, kind of like exactly like a festival. They got a whole lineup and then they created this whole 3D environment and they got the DJ to DJ in front of a green screen on their mobile phone, record their set and then send the footage. And then they cut the DJ out through the green screen and put him in the 3D environment. So it looks like you were on stage in a 3D environment. It was kind of cool. Wow. And it was like insane 3D visuals and that sort of stuff. But then people got to donate to the artist yeah. um, to, to keep them float and that sort of stuff. So I did that and I did a watch party for that. And I had 1,200 people watching me. And wow. I got donated like, I don't know, like 100 subs. It's $500. I was donated yeah. like 500 subs <laughs> in one stream. Wow. It was insanity. So that's, that's a lot of money that people, people donated, you know, so... Yeah, it's, 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 it's nice that people did because it was really hard for artists. It was really hard for yeah. well, everyone that, you know, had to be out in the world to earn money and suddenly couldn't. Yeah, it was a complete shutdown. You know, it was a yeah. complete cut off in every single, in, not, not in every single way, but in pretty much most of the sense, like my main money is touring. I don't yeah. I don't do Spotify numbers that generates me enough money to keep me afloat. I do draw in Spotify numbers, which pays the rent maybe for three months, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So like, it's just... I have to DJ to keep myself alive, basically. So, no yeah. DJing, then it's just that, like, it's, it's like cutting off all your arms and legs. Yeah. And having half your torso. Like, how do I live yeah. with that? You know, I'm trying, yeah, yeah. I'm bouncing around, I'm trying to do washing up my nose. You know, it's that sort of thing. So, it's like, <laughs> I'm living, but it's it's a tough living. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. And it so, was just completely out of the blue as well. So, I'm just going to let yeah. my cat in. I told you. I oh, yeah, that's right. The cat. Sponsored by Maximum Boost. <laughs> <laughs> What's the cat's name? Panda. Panda? Yeah, it was, You must be the only was... person on earth who has a cat called Panda. <laughs> he was named, he wasn't named by us, he was named by the, it was my youngest daughter's friend at nursery. Her cat, Hello Kitty, had kittens and we got Panda and Luna, but sadly Luna went off one day and never came back. Oh yeah, that do be cat but sometimes. Still, yeah. Yep. I'm ho hoping, I'm still hoping, I mean it's been... I think he's going to be four this year, so it would be three years. So, she, she was one. Mentioning that, when we lived in my mum's first flat in Bournemouth, there was a cat we had called Benji, and he disappeared. But and I'm not joking; this is complete utter truth. He came back on her birthday every year. After three years, he came back once randomly, and he come back on her birthday. But it, like, I think he did it three times, and then we never oh saw him God. again. He would just turn up on her birthday. We were like, Benji, what the hell? And we were like, oh my God, it's Benji, he's back, he's back. And then he'd disappear and then he'd come back again on her birthday. I'm not joking. My mum would literally wow. tell you this. Like, yeah, really crazy. It's either the most insane coincidence or he knew. Yeah. But yeah, but he came, he went away for two, three years and came back. So there's always hope. There's always hope. Yeah, he's probably I, just yeah, walking on everyone's hope. fences, eating whatever he can. And one day he'll just go, oh, I could do it with a bit of warmth, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll go back there. I'll, I'll travel five miles wherever I am, you know, so... Oh, so, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Yes, yeah, cats are pretty insane for that sort of stuff, to be honest. Yeah. But oh, yeah, they, they're very wild animals. I've got three cats. Three cats. Three cats, accidentally. <laughs> <sighs> so my girlfriend, who loves cats, <laughs> as you can tell, um, we got our first cat because we were kind of like, I was on tour a lot and my girlfriend wanted some company. So she was like, why don't we get a cat? So therefore, I'm not going to be so lonely when you're on tour all the time i've got someone to, yeah. to look after and that sort of stuff so we've got a cat we've got a rescue cat called we called it gizmo 
she's like black and white, furriest, angriest cat you've ever met. But also the most <laughs> lovable cat. She, she, what, like in one minute, she'll be the most cuddly cat you've ever seen and be purring loud. And the next minute, she'll be scratching your face off. She's so bipolar. But she was found in a bin. She was found in a bin with, a, with her other, with like one other cat or so, one other uh, kitten and a mother. So they were rescued from a bin. So she's probably got PTSD or something. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, so we got her. And then uh, um, about two years later, two, three years later, uh, a friend of my mum's called Gary, uh, he was, um, he did a status saying, can anyone look after my cats? I need to go to a festival and I don't want to leave them at home on their own. I'm kind of worried about them. So my mum, I think she put a status out about it and my, and my girlfriend said, oh yeah, we'll do it. That sounds cool because they, they're young cats, they're kittens. That's cute. I love kittens. Gizmo's growing up two years old now. I want more kittens. I miss kittens. You know, it's like when mothers have babies and they want, oh, I wish it was still a baby. So um, she got, we got the cats and then as soon as we got, got the cats home, he went, you can keep them if you want. And it turned out he couldn't look after them. Okay. And he was basically, it was a ploy for him to, someone take the cats, please take the cats. Yeah. And then and then shortly after he actually passed away, he committed suicide. So it was. Oh. He obviously must have been just worried about them. He's like, I can't, yeah. if I do this, I'm not going to leave them on their own. So, so yeah, basically Aww. that kind of, yeah, it's, it's a sad story, but it's also good because they, they you know, we've got them. They're yeah. lovely cats. They're part of family. But yeah, we got them accidentally. But yeah, that's what, that's Aww. what happened there. So yeah, but that was during Corona. So yeah, it was just, you know, okay. part of the crazy time. They were, if, if, and funny enough, one of them was called Luna as well. So oh. yeah. Oh, Luna, oh, what does she look like? Luna and Loki, black and white, a little bit of a, she looks like, Aww. she looks like Batman. She's got like that mask stuff all going on. And, like the bottom half's yeah. white and then the top half's black. It's really cool. But yeah, she's got a miserable oh. look on her face. And then the other one's called Loki. We renamed them to Evie and Ninja. So they're Evie and Ninja now. Hi. So yeah, that was the lovely funk case. I hope you enjoyed it. And there is more to come next week. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, then hi. Thank you for listening. I've got loads of other really good episodes with all different um kinds of people last week i had the gorgeous b ducks on talking about her work in the sex industry weirdly as i'm recording this now we put out she talks a lot about how instagram um censors people and her instagram account's gone so i don't know if instagram listened to the podcast and thought right we know what we're gonna do with you but yeah i'm yet to speak to her i just know that it's not there at the moment so I mean, I'm hoping for her sake that it's, it's a glitch and they haven't got rid of her account because the amount of effort and time people put into building their social media presence and then to have it just all taken from you. Anyway, but yeah, listen to her podcast because it's really good. Um, but the, the, I've got so many good chats with people. Um, I had Roscoe on, if you're here, because of the DJ. And then, yeah, I did a podcast with Roscoe a little while ago. I am trying to get my mate Wookie on. But um, he said he was going to do it, and then he changed his mind. But I, I will work on him, because he talks. He can talk. I think he talks more than anyone I've ever met. But he's really interesting, because he's um, well, he's been around for a long time, because he's really old. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got some really good stories. But yeah, so thank you for listening. Check out my other episodes. Subscribe to the podcast so it just arrives in your phone every week like magic. It's not just about parenting, but I do obviously talk about kids and parenting because I'm a mother. Um, But yeah, there's loads of stuff. Just have a little check out. Also, I do something called the Epic Mum Chat with my lovely friend Nikki, which is on YouTube. We've not posted an episode for a few weeks because we've just all been a bit under it, but another one will come soon. 
but yeah big love to you all stay Work. safe stay sane and i'll see you next week bye flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.